This week on football, Kane scores his third Bundesliga hat trick. Eighth tier Cray Valley earned themselves an FA Cup replay with Charlton Athletic. John Kennedy wins Fluminense, the Copa Libertadores. Garnacho's brother comments on our video. ...is really important to talk about. I'll stop you there. No, it's not. I know that Anana has put out a statement on social media saying... Camera angles are important. Touching Remembrance Day tribute at Forest. Jamie O'Hara is the business. And Iago Aspas is all of us when it comes to VAR. Welcome to another episode of Goalpost for Jumpers. It's me, your host, Alex, as you know by now. Um, another week of controversy, another week of VAR decisions, and quite frankly, I am done. I was done a couple of weeks ago. The United game happened, Newcastle happened, Wolves happened, the Arsenal, obviously, Arteta coming out and talking about it, and then the club statement. Um, it's just too much. The Premier League's become a joke, and I think everyone knows this, but it's like this hidden thing that only the fans are talking about. And the managers will kind of hint at, but no one's actually saying the thing that everyone needs to be saying, and that's scrap VAR, go back. We need a pundit, we need someone on television, we need someone on Monday Night Football, Carragher, Neville, whoever it is, to come out and just say, let's go back, because it's not worked. We ventured into this world of technology with goal line technology, and we thought, because that was so successful that the next step was clearly going to be VAR. It made sense. Everyone called for it. I would have called for it. I think we all did. But we were wrong. And we've got to admit that we were wrong. And that's okay. Because taking a backward step doesn't always mean taking a backward step. We've lost our game to how Boovy put it in a video, to nerds in a box, to people who are so concerned with the rules of the game, they forget the beauty of the game. And I'm not being silent about it and I think everyone should start saying it because everyone feels it nobody wants VAR if you ask everyone you ask a random football fan in the street they're going to say scrap it and the lazy arguments of oh, well that goal would have gone in and they would have ruled it offside anyway because it was an on-field decision 
So VAR didn't make a difference. It's making a difference as a whole to your experience as a fan when you go to the match, to your experience at home when you're trying to watch the football. I cannot celebrate a goal. And this is in particular as a Man United fan because we score very little and every goal we do have gets checked with the finest of tooth combs. That Maguire thing, yeah, granted, letter of the law, I understand it. But then we score a goal after in the 90th minute and normally I'd be my head's gone. The, I, the goal went in, Fernandez scored, and I was like, oh, wait. It just, it's killed it. And I think everyone feels like that, and particularly probably Wolves fans this weekend and probably Arsenal fans as well. Um, scrap VAR. Right, let's get this episode actually properly underway with a quiz question. Last week, uh, we had a Halloween episode. So this is for anyone who's a concurrent listener who is there last week and here this week. Jed Wallace scored in West Brom's win over Hull this week. But what was last episode's spooky nickname for Jed Wallace? What was his spooky nickname? Okay, I'll tell you that at the end of the show. Uh, What have we got coming up? We've got uh, around Europe. We're going to be going around Europe telling you all the things in football that you've missed because the football with the Premier League and the Championship and everything is too much. Um, We've got a Two Lies and a Truth coming up, as we always do. We've got TikTok submissions, which I know everyone looks forward to. I say everyone, three people. And we've got Chomp of the Week. We're going to be telling you the results of the Tottenham fans' Chomp from last week. Um, Actually, let's go straight into the Tottenham fans' Chomp from last week because it was a belter. I actually handicapped myself by putting the video out and including... I put Glory, Glory, Man United, a song in the background, and TikTok doesn't really let you push that video uh, unless it's got one of their approved songs or if it's just got your own original audio. So it was kind of handicapped. It was never going to get beyond a certain amount of views, so not going to get enough chomps, but it did pretty well. Remember the league table? We had Arsenal fans at the top with 681 chomps, Scottish fans second, 580 chomps, Tobran fans with 270 chomps and Liverpool fans with 183. Where do you think Tottenham came in? Tottenham came in just behind Tobrone fans. They got 235 chomps. And to be fair, for the video reach, that's pretty good going. I would say that would have been normally up there with the Arsenal fans. My favourite of all the chomps, uh, chomp of the week, is Jason Morgan. He said, bruv, Ange is an Australian. I know you're doing this to get comments, but dude, you are better than this. I can tell you now, Jason, I'm not... And we'll be doing it again, but maybe not this week. Um, to be honest, i got enough controversial opinions as it is, so that'll probably get enough chomps by themselves. So maybe maybe next week we'll bring it back. Just tell us who you think we should go after. And actually, do you know what? Talking of controversial opinions, my most controversial opinion, which shouldn't be, I don't think where you are born or where you are from should matter when it comes to supporting a football team. And I'm going to tell you why. First of all, if we let that happen and say, for example, and you always get it as a Man United fan, oh, I don't hear a Manc accent. Well, no, you don't. So everyone from Manchester has to support one team or two teams. Okay, that's your your argument. In that case, the Premier League doesn't exist. The best players in the world don't come over here. Spain, Italy, every other team in Europe takes over and they get all the best players because we are limited to only people who are from their cities who can support it and generate revenue. It's dumb. It's thick. It's very, very, very annoying. And everyone uses it as an argument. Second of all, if you did that, right, then you take away. So for example, for example, my own experience, the first game I ever go to, my dad takes me 
when I was six years old, seven years old to Man United in the Champions League. So I know football, I love football, but I don't really know teams and things like that at that age. You're not like super invested, but I did love Man United because I used to watch them on TV. So I go to that game, I walk into Old Trafford and bear in mind Old Trafford back then was something special. Champions League music playing and that memory then, I'm not allowed to support that team, even though that is what inspired me. That team that club, everything that embodied Man United, the history, I'm not allowed to support that club. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I think if you're from London, support your local team, great, whatever. If you grow up and your experiences are of going to football matches with your dad or with your uncle, with your grandfather, or someone takes you on a special trip and you see a team that has your favourite player in, support that team. As long as you're passionate enough that you manage to make it to some games and you actually... You don't just say flippantly, oh, I'm a Liverpool fan or I'm a Chelsea fan or I'm a City fan. And you actually do take care. Then what does it matter? I don't care. That's my controversial opinion anyway. And that I actually don't think should be controversial, but apparently it is. Um, but that is one of those things just makes me angry. And I, ca- I can't stand it because why do we live in this world where you can't, you get judged for who you support? If you support your team through thick and thin, it doesn't matter. City fans, if you've been there since the start, you are reaping your rewards. Liverpool fans, if you are in the age group of probably 25 to 30, you've grown up with nothing but mediocrity. And now you get to reap those rewards. If you're a United fan, you grew up with success. And now you've got to stick with your club. And that's what we are doing. I don't think any United fans are kind of going off and saying, oh, fuck Man United, I'm not going to watch it. We put ourselves through that pain. So, you know, as long as you're still there for the ride, then what's it matter? Okay, right, guys, team of the week. Let's do team of the week. As you know, I don't put any players in who I haven't seen play. It's only players who I've seen live. Uh, In goal, Thomas Kaminsky. Right back, Archie Gray. Centre-back, Jamal Lasalles. Other centre-back is Tiden Mengi. Left-back, Sam Byram. Central midfield, Ross Barkley. Other central midfield, Fabio Moretti. Central midfield, to finish off that midfield three, Sonny Black. Right wing is Mohamed Kudus. Left wing, Luis Diaz. And striker is Harry Kane. A couple of reasons, and I'll be brief. Thomas Kaminsky, uh, four or five really good saves for Luton against Liverpool. Thought he was really good, really solid. Real shame that he conceded that goal because I thought that Luton whole defence, including the goalkeeper, were fantastic. Uh, Right back, Archie Gray, 17 years old. Had a really tough task against probably one of the league's best wingers in Steffi Mavadidi. Really, really solid performance, that Leeds performance. I could have put the whole Leeds team in, to be honest, um, but they were brilliant against Leicester. Like I said, 17 years old, he's got no right to be pocketing a, a winger at that level. Um, Jamal Lasalle's, you know, really stepped up. Botman gets injured. And I think with Lasalle's, it was very easy for him over the past year or two to either switch off or move clubs, or say I want game time. He hasn't. He sat there, club captain, stood up, and when he's had to be counted on, he stepped up in the biggest games, and he's been brilliant this week and last week. Um, yeah, really good performance and a clean sheet against Arsenal. Uh, Tiedem Mengi, fantastic again. A former Man United player, never really cut it, but it's great to see an academy product come through and actually do a really good job, a really tough job against that Liverpool front three. Thought he was brilliant all game. Left back, Sam Byram. Again, like I said, I could have put that whole Leeds team in there. Um, And actually, one of my contenders in the first half of that Leeds-Leicester game 
I, what was his name? Fatuu? I don't think I've ever seen him play Leicester winger on that side. And he was brilliant. And then that next half, it was like Sam Byram, he's 30 years old now, kind of knows his way around that league and around, around wingers, tricky wingers. And that second half just kept him quiet, was brilliant. Like It's like he switched on, kind of got his game and then pocketed him. Brilliant performance. Uh, Ross Barkley, again, Luton team, absolutely brilliant. Uh, of that Luton team, you've got a lot of strength, you've got a lot of power, you've got a lot of resilience, but what you haven't got much of is quality. I think Ross Barkley added that in that game. I thought he was really good. Moretti, first goal for Juve, the 20-year-old. I think uh, Allegri this week had said, right, Moretti, come on, get out, get a goal. And he went and got it and against Fiorentina and it was the match-winning goal. He only got 60 minutes, but I thought he was the best player on the pitch for that hour. Uh, Sonny Black, no one's probably heard of him. But you may have, if you've watched the FA Cup game between Cray Valley Paper Mills and Charlton Athletic, they were they drew, sorry, one all. It felt like they won because uh, of the celebrations at the end. But Sunny Black, this is a team that is five divisions apart. They're in the eighth tier of football, 117 places. And Sunny Black in midfield, yeah, I was really impressed. You And again, I could have put any of those players. I thought they were brilliant. It was a great watch. And that replay is going to be definitely something I'd be tuned in for. Uh, I said right wing Mohamed Kudus. I thought he was a player who I hadn't necessarily rated. I asked a friend of mine, uh, a Liverpool fan who goes to the games, what the best performance was he's seen of a player last season. And he came up with Mohamed Kudus. And he's this young winger from Ajax. And I'm thinking, "Mm." and then he joins West Ham. And you see he's got quality. That goal against Arsenal and then the goal again this week. I think we've got a real player. And I think West Ham have got a real player in him. Uh, Left wing, I went with Luis Diaz. I thought not necessarily a performance of 90 minutes because he came on a sub and got a point for Liverpool. But to do that under the circumstances, um, and he's quite often been Liverpool's guy who's stepped up when it really matters, unfortunately got injured fairly, fairly recently. But yeah, I think he's always been that player since he's come to Liverpool, a top quality player and what a professional to step up and score in that moment with everything that's going on with his dad. And striker, how could I not put Harry Kane in? Third Bundesliga hat-trick, 15 goals already for him. The best striker in the world. Three top easy finishes for Harry Kane, but top finishes. Um, And yeah, the best striker in the world. How can you not put him in? And the thing is, if I watch Bayern every week, he's going to be in there every week. So I apologise. Right. Okay. Two lies and a truth. Guys, this is the part of the show where I tell you three crazy football stories. Two of them I've made up. One of them is true. You have to guess which one it is. Okay. In 1990, a group of Spanish footballers accidentally kicked their ball into a pile of rocks where they discovered the body of a man. The man was holding a stolen chicken from a nearby farm with his pants pulled down. It was determined that while engaging in inappropriate acts with said chicken, he dislodged the rocks that subsequently fell on him and killed both him and the chicken. Story number two. In March 2020, a man was discovered living in the caves of a Chilean rainforest with nothing but an Arsenal shirt on. The Arsenal shirt was from 1998 and had Ray Parler's name on the back. Or is it story number three? In 1987, it was declared illegal to wear Man United shirts in the city of Pie Town, New Mexico. This was because the cartel had begun 
distributing and using these shirts to identify their opposition drug smugglers. That's three stories. Which one do you think is true? There's three crazy stories. One of them's true. Right, let's do some TikTok submissions. Uh, it is what it is. It is what it says on the tin. How about that? All right, first one. Move! Finally! Fucking hell. This is my skin in a jar. I'm out. What if this deer just jumped over the fucking edge? No! Well, don't do it. But you're giving him no choice. Bye. What is that? I don't understand the language he's talking, but what I'm assuming that translates to is this is my giant flat baby. <laughs> This is my giant flat baby. <laughs> oh, it's not funny, man. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny, man. Hit the dog. He farted on me. I think he pooped on him. <laughs> Appealing to the ref. Ball going past her, still appealing to the ref. Fuck me. Fine drizzle now. Rodri. Rodri clouted it! Real bad man. I love Peter Drury, but I don't understand why he said clouted it. Like, has that ever been in his vocabulary? Has that ever been in any white man's vocabulary ever? 
This gives Bellingham a difficult choice to make. He's got to decide whether he's a penguin or an anteater. Penguin, team penguin. No, team anteater. They're hard. Happy birthday, Matty. Keep banging the goals in, pal. Because it's decent! Every day I'm shuffling. Why did that happen? Kids are dicks. It's true. Kids who stare like that. Do you ever stare at kids if kids stare at you? Do you stare them right in the eyes and be like, what? Like, test them. What? And then sometimes you feel uncomfortable and then you look away because you don't want to be weird and stare at kids. Well, a good dog on the ground's worth three in the saddle. No matter where you're from. Been many good dog was a friend to a man, but Sam was the greatest one. He was a hound of hounds. He was truth. Truth. Those collies are a football podcast, by the way. Remember when those FIFAs would come out and like the new FIFA would come out and you would be like, oh my God, it's so realistic. And then you look at them now and they all look like fucking Rubik's Cube's heads. Like they're all like boxed up and they're all like that. And I used to think, oh my God, that looks so much like Rooney. God. And then what are we going to be like now in the future? Because the players are actually looking like the players and it's like looks realistic. Is he describing physics to the dog here? Who's he describing that to? See, dog, when you lean forward, it's the same principle. You lean forward, and the dog's like, yeah, okay, okay, I got this. A football podcast. Just a reminder. They love Rome, 
Now they want the Villa, the champions back at Highbury. Only one goal against in six games. Chelsea, hot favourites to beat Sunderland. And Tottenham in the middle. There was something so special about that era of football, like 2002 to probably 2009, 10. Something about it that just, it was different. And I hate to be like that nostalgia guy. I like, oh, remember back in our day, it was better. I'm not saying it was better football, but there was something more, it was something more heartfelt about the game. Like everyone was solely focused on football and the weekend. And now it's like, I don't know, it just feels, doesn't feel as warm and fuzzy. It feels too clinical and too technical. And I don't want to blame Guardiola, but, you know, risk-taking was something we loved about football. It was why we loved players like Ronaldinho and JJ Okocha, uh, even Ronaldo when he first came into the Premier League, and the Brazilians at the World Cup. It feels like because of Guardiola's influence and because it's so successful, it's like that risk-taking mentality has gone and playing the soft, short pass. It's like Jack Grealish has, and you, you'll admit, he has become a worse player to watch since joining Man, joining Man City, but a better player overall since joining. And that's not because his game's probably developed any more technically, because he's an unbelievable technical footballer before and after Pep, but the risk taking just doesn't exist. What I think everyone loves so much about about Jack Grealish, particularly in the England setup, is we're bringing a player in who is exciting. You could get him on the ball, he'd turn and he'd run. And this is why I think Rashford is so unique in that, in that wingers tend to play that short pass back. Anthony's been criticised for it a lot recently. The ball's into feet and it's passed back. You face up your fullback and run at them. That's what gets fans off their seat and... I think we're lacking that and we're moving away from it. I'm looking at the players here. Thierry Henry. I mean, he was exciting to watch. And I just think like, even he'll admit under Guardiola, he was a very different player. It was very disciplined, pushed him out to the left. He was playing in zones, whereas at Arsenal, he could operate freely and he was kind of where everything came through. You know, if you wanted something special to happen, get it to Henri. If you want something special to happen, get it to Ronaldo. Whereas now with the Man Cities, it's like pass it, pass it, pass it, free the space, open the space, stretch a defender, play it through and score. It's successful, but it's boring. And that's my opinion. I won't watch Man City games unless it's against a big team. I'll be honest with you. I can't do it. Yeah, Luis Diaz had to go my team of the week this week. Uh, just a little note on Liverpool. How have you let Tarheath Chong score against you? Of all the players, and I'm not saying I'm glad to see Chong doing well because it's brilliant. He's a United Academy product, but one of the worst players I've ever seen come through our club. That sound is mean, but he just miles off it. How are you doing there, Tiger? It's okay. I'm a nice person. POV. <laughs> your weird uncle when you're upset at a party. How are you doing there, Tiger? 
It's okay. I'm a nice person. It's gonna be a lovely day, huh? Tiger's like, that fucking glass wasn't there. Just off got some fireworks to Paul Scones. That's fireworks shopping all the kaboom. Cheers, Bringa, we bring up. Paul Scholes basically went, what have I got to say? Yeah, all right. Kaboom. Right, I'm going. Bang. Gone. I don't blame him. I, these, I hate those. What's, what's best shopping work here? Fuck off. This Endrick looks the bollocks, doesn't he? How good does he look? 17 years old. They always produce it. South American teams, they've always got someone coming over to Barca or Real Madrid. And there's a new one. Uh, been just spawned out of nowhere. And he's going to be the next big thing. Well, you can see how good he is already against... And this is against men. And he's just ripping it apart. That's phenomenal. That's amazing. This is the Asian version of those pikeys that are on the waltzes. What's the thing in the background just like It looks like a scene out of Shaun of the Dead. I just don't think that technology is ready for our game. You know, I mean, I've got nothing, I've got absolutely zero against goal line technology. It's such a no-brainer, you know, because that's quite significant, but it works for our game. I just think our game is unique. And I know people say, well, let's get referees explaining their decisions. Oh, my God. Seriously. Could you imagine sitting there listening to a referee explain every decision on the game? I mean, I'm going to the gridiron on Sunday. I love it. I love American football. It's three and a half hours, mate. Do you want to sit through three and a half hours of listening? I mean, referees, the, the measure of always who was a good referee was the ones you never noticed. And now we're trying to make them the stars of the show. Yeah, this is 100% true. The Mike Deans of the refereeing eras should be done away with. We shouldn't know. I actually don't think we should know the referees' names or we shouldn't be talking about like, oh, Anthony Taylor's refereeing the game. It should be as innocuous as whoever the physio is or the club doctor. You don't really know them. They're important, but you don't know them. Like nowadays, it's like these guys are the... You want to talk about them before the game. Oh, we got Anthony Taylor. Oh, we got fucking Michael Oliver refereeing. Like, we don't want to know their names and we shouldn't make them the stars of the show. Angie's 100% right. Technology, we're not ready for it. The league's unique. The game's unique. He's 100% correct. And we need to regress to progress. And referees, we need to respect them, but we also need to make them so much less a part of the whole experience of a football game. They need to be, you shouldn't even notice. You go to games, you know when you've gone to, gone to a game and a referee's had a stinker. You don't know when you've been to a game where a ref's really had a good game. And those are the good refs. You don't want to think about it. You want to think about the football you've seen. Simple. Back there, bend this way. 
and he's on it like this. Oh, no, and I'm still feet, a little bit confused. His feet are straight out. I'm 100% right. I'm I'll bet you $500 cash right now. Back there, bent this way. And he's on it like this. Oh, no, and I'm his still feet, a little bit confused. His feet are straight out. I'm 100% right. I'm I'll bet you $500 cash right now. Back there, bent this way. And he's on it like this. Oh, no, and I'm still This isn't a debate, right? This kid is facing the camera, not the building. That's not a debate, right? The kid's 100% facing the camera. You can see it because as he passes, or she passes up, the bars go in front. If it was facing the building, the bars wouldn't be going in front of it. You wouldn't see the bars, you'd see the kid, but you see the bars come in front. Why are people losing their head over this? There is something that I, I used to call football heritage. The last time Manchester United won the Champions League, which didn't happen a lot of times, was on 2011. The final, I'm not even, the final was 2011. Since 2011, 2012 out in the group phase. The group was almost the same group as we had this season. Benfica, Basel and Galati from Romania. Out in the group phase. In 2013, out at Old Trafford in the last 16. I was in the other bench. In 2014, out in the quarterfinal. In 2015, no European football. In 2016, comes back to European football, out in the group phase, goes to Europa League, and on the second knockout, out of Europa League. On 2017, play Europa League, win Europa League with me, and goes back to Champions League. In 2018, win the group phase with 15 points in possible 18 and loses at home the last 16. So in seven years, with four different managers, once not qualify for Europe, twice out in the group phase, and the best was a quarterfinal. This is football heritage. Mourinho, right man, wrong time at Man United, should have succeeded Fergie instead of David Moyes um, and ever since then decision after decision wrong, 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 wrong and that's subsequently why Man United haven't performed on the European stage recruitment's been awful uh, management of the club's been awful and overall performances we haven't had players who really care about the badge like they used to simple as that you don't reach Champions League finals you look at the Liverpool team you look at the Man City team Every single player would do anything to play for their manager and play for that club. When do you see that at United? And these are the top players, the Angel Di Marias, you know, the players that you think we're signing that should be top level, Alexis Sanchez. And they're players that we think they're going to take us to the next level. And every single time something is wrong and it's the club, it's the manager, it's the recruitment, it's the team, it's the standards from the directors, the chief execs, the people who don't know football. 
running this club into the ground and that's why we're in the situation we're in now Champions League football fantastic we're going to be out we'll be out by the time by the time this episode airs we'll be ready to to play Copenhagen and watch us get knocked out because this is again Mourinho loses it football heritage well football heritage was Man United being successful in Europe not being winners every time but over that sort of 10 15 year period over Sir, uh, with Sir Alex in charge particularly in the thousands and uh, we we hit three Champions League finals in about six years five years so that was our football heritage and that was thrown away when we appointed David Moyes it was the wrong decision and it's not his fault wasn't ready for that Jose Mourinho was the man at the time wasn't available if that had happened you know Jose came in at the wrong time when Really, the Glazers had started pulling out of the club, stopped caring about it, you know, and the standards were dropping and a lot of other teams were catching us. Get, well, a, get, a, get a quick little tip pick from the bootlegger. A, a topless photo of the bootlegger. Anybody that wants to see my ass and pay me a tenner, <laughs> send it to PayPal. There it is. <laughs> the bootlegger, what a legend. Um, He should have started an OnlyFans. He'd have been killing it right now. In fact, actually, what he did do is start Cameo and he's actually killing off Cameo and probably better than he ever would if he'd had to take his top off on OnlyFans. Um, What a legend. We'll get him back on the show one day. Right, guys, that was TikTok submissions. Uh, Thanks for all your submissions this week. It's been an absolute pleasure. We've had mainly animal videos, but you know what? It's fine. Right, guys, let's go around Europe. This is the part of the show where I tell you a little bit about each league just to keep you up to date. Not too much, not too little, enough so you can impress your friends when they say, who's Santiago Jimenez? Well, how do you know him? We're about to sign him at Swansea. Well, Alex talked about him in that episode of Goalpost for Jumpers. Uh, Right, France, PSG, they won comfortably at home to Montpellier. No goal for Mbappe. Goals from Vitinha and 17-year-old superstar Warren Zaire-Emery. He looks the business. I've talked about uh, Vitinha being top draw. This kid's 17 years old. Fantastic breakthrough season last season. Looks like he can do it on the biggest stage in Champions League games as well. Um, a goal for him as well. I think it's his second of the season already. Uh, nice, they are top. PSG are not. This is the big story in that league. Nice's six clean sheets in a row mean they are top. A goal from Jeremy Boga. Chelsea and Birmingham fans, maybe they remember him. Played for them years ago. Um, But yeah, debut season for him, for Nice. Gets his second goal of the season and they are flying. I mean, six clean sheets in a row is fantastic in any division. You've got to give them give them their flowers there. Uh, Golovin kept his scoring run up for Monaco. He's having a great season. Monaco are within touch and distance, but Nice do have that top spot. Uh, let's play our favourite game in that division. Did Lyon win? No, they drew one all. Uh, and yeah, we know what happens um, with Lyon. They play. They don't win and we move on. If you want to bet, a surefire bet, put your £100 on the other team winning or drawing or double chance it. Simple. Leon or awful. Um, that was at home to Mets, by the way. Yeah, they're bottom and winless. Uh, right, just a quick note, by the way, on the main man of Twitter memes in that division, Will Still, his Rams side, creeping up out of nowhere... Their sixth win of the season takes them to fourth place. 
Uh, that win this weekend, incidentally, is credited to his younger brother, Nicholas Still, because Will Still has a touchline ban. Remember, Will Still is that really well-spoken, technically Belgian, but full-on English accent manager who hasn't got a UEFA Pro licence and Rams pay £22,000 every match he manages them. Well, it wasn't him, it was his younger brother, and somehow he came up trumps and, and got a win for them as well. The Still family are the next big thing. Look out for them. In Spain, Real Madrid are not top. Barcelona are not top. Atletico Madrid are not top. Top spot belongs to Girona. Uh, Madrid drew at Viacano. The Atleti, they lost away at Las Palmas. And Barca just sneaked a win uh, against Sociedad. But Girona, they scored four goals away at Osasuna. They've got top spot in that league. And everyone thinks they're going to fall off. And they're still going I'm supporting Girona for the league title. That would be some story. Uh, by the way, another goal from Artem Dovbik for Girona. 26-year-old Ukrainian striker. Got the second most goal involvements in the league just behind Jude Bellingham. Fantastic uh, breakthrough season for him in the top divisions. Uh, and yeah, looks like a real player as well. Uh, talking of real players, who's never really been a real player, but always somehow got great clubs. Alvaro Morata. He, <laughs> will he reach his 20-goal season as a striker. Because he's been banded about for 40 million, 50 million. I can't remember how, many how much Chelsea paid for him. Uh, but he's played for the best clubs in Europe. Juventus, Real Madrid, Atleti Madrid, Chelsea he's come to. He's never scored 20 league goals in a season. Is this the season he's going to do it? He's on seven in 10. His most is 15 for Real Madrid back in 2016-17 season. Can he do it? Uh, at the bottom of that league, by the way, in La Liga, Almeria beaten again, another team winless still this season. Uh, in Italy, Mourinho's Roma left it late. They turned to stoppage time to find their winner against Lecce. Lukaku with the winner there. Took his top off, went absolutely nuts after missing a penalty. Uh, the league's most prolific striker is Latoro Martinez and he scored again for Inter, keeping them top of that division. That was away at Atalanta. Um... Milan beaten at home to Udinese. That is a real stumbling block for them. Uh, Raspadori scored for the third game in a row to keep Napoli in the top four. That condemns Salernitana to their seventh defeat of the season already. They stay bottom. In Germany, we mentioned it before, Kane's third Bundesliga hat-trick of the season already. I mean, outrageous. And it came against Dortmund as well in the Klassiker. That is... <sighs> Some way to announce yourself in Germany. We know Kane's the best in the world, but unbelievable. And Bayern, where would they be without him? Well, they're not top. Xabi Alonso's Leverkusen are still top. They won again. Leverkusen, 10 wins out of 11 games this season. Absolutely magnificent for them. Uh, the only drop points they had was a draw away at Bayern as well. Uh, Grassi's injury... Uh, has mean that he's finally been caught. He's three games out with an injury. Not sure how long he's going to be out, but there was uh, six players chasing him. None of them scored. All of them drew a blank this weekend. But Harry Kane, that hat-trick takes him to 15 league goals compared to Garassi's 14. And I don't think he's going to be stopped now for that uh, quest for the golden boot. Everywhere else, uh, guys, I don't want to worry you, but this is serious. Ajax won. 
not once, but twice since the last episode. They've won two games there, out of the bottom three, off bottom spot, mid-table, and, you know, maybe things have returned back to normal. Uh, PSV stay top in that division. They're 6-0 mauling of Heracles or Heracles, whatever you want to say. I don't really, I don't think I've ever heard that name spelled out loud, said out loud. Um, just a reminder, by the way, of how PSV's form has been this season. They've scored 41 goals already in just 11 games, conceding just five. It's mad. They're one of the best teams in Europe, apart from when they came and got absolutely thumped by Arsenal in a proper division. <clears throat> that dastardly duo of uh, Jimenez and Pavlidis, the two competing for the top scorer in that division, they both drew a blank this uh, this week as well. So keep an eye out for someone new, maybe Luke de Jong. I mean, that goal, that, uh, goal he scored the weekend, the game full of goals, his team full of goals, uh, he might be the one who, who nicks that spot. Uh, in Portugal, Porto beaten at home to Estoril. That, because of wins from Benfica and Sporting, creates a bit of a gap between them. I said a couple of weeks ago, I think there was no points between them. I think they're all on 22 points. That creates a bit of a, a gap. Now, Sporting leading the way. They seem to be doing really well. Uh, a goal from former Tottenham and Norwich man, Marcus Edwards. I don't know if you remember him. He had a couple of good performances played well in the Champions League actually against Tottenham I think last season um, but yeah their comeback winner Estrella keeps them top 3-2 in the end and Marcus Edwards crucial goal right guys two lies and a truth answer I had three stories I'll go through them very briefly with you and then I'll give you the answer we had first story in 1990 a group of Spanish footballers accidentally kicked their ball into a pile of rocks where they discovered the body of a man the man was holding a stolen chicken from a nearby farm with his pants pulled down. It was determined that while engaging in inappropriate acts with said chicken, he dislodged the rocks that subsequently fell on both him and the chicken. Story number two. In March 2020, a man was discovered living in the caves of a Chilean rainforest with nothing on but an Arsenal shirt. The Arsenal shirt was from 1998 and had Ray Parler on the back. Or was it number three? In 1987, it was declared illegal to wear Man United shirts in the city of Pie Town, New Mexico. This was because the cartel had begun distributing and using these shirts to identify their opposition drug smugglers. Which story was true? Did you guess it? They're all crazy. One of them was true. It was the Spanish footballers with a chicken and a man and a dead man. And he had a chicken that was dead, but his pants were pulled down. How that's a true story, I don't know. How I found that story, don't ask me. Just enjoy it. The quiz question was based on last week's episode. We were doing some spooky footballer names. Jed Wallace was one of them. He scored this week in West Brom's win over Hull. What was his spooky nickname we gave him? It was Dead Wallace. That was easy. Come on, guys. You know that. Uh, right, guys. Thank you so much. It's the end of the show. Uh, video episodes are on YouTube. Please go and uh, subscribe and like our videos. It really helps us. We know you will listen and prefer to listen. But the YouTube algorithm really enjoys our content every now and then when you go across and click a like. If you do want to support us on TikTok, please go and follow us. We're nearly at 2,000 followers, which would be an amazing achievement for us as our pretty much our debut season on on tiktok so if you can do that go across follow us like our videos it massively helps us out i'm going to leave you this week with something crazy here it is
Tell me stories of all that are great. Cherish these days before it's too late.